All right, welcome to the A Game Podcast. Today we have on Derek Vidal. He is a social media marketing master. He specializes in Instagram growth, which everybody always wants to figure out how to grow their Instagram. He also knows LinkedIn, Facebook, all different social media platforms, and he is specifically skilled in finding out ways to generate revenue by having businesses generate income from customers by doing things like giveaways and knowing the ins and outs of how to have your organic growth um, and ways to maximize paid ads, ways to get around things like bad hashtags, things to work around the algorithms. And he's constantly on top of what's trending and what's changing on each of those platforms to figure out the do's and don'ts and the tips and tricks on what to do to work within their rules and regulations, which are always evolving and always changing, which I find very helpful because the fact that he lives it and breathes it for his own business means that he's constantly on top of all the hottest and newest changes and trends. And it's like every week there's something different that they're they're rolling out or they're taking away or they're testing or they're trying. That's a new no-no now, or now they're pushing it or it's changing, whatever. So, um, you know, I get a lot of conflicting information on social media and, and what to do with hashtags and how many to use and when to use them and, and what to post and are posts better or reels better or stories better, or who reaches what, what's the magic number, what's the best time of day. So this is all really helpful information to work with him on it. So he's been helping me a little bit with my stuff as well as some other people for uh, helping grow this podcast and grow some of the Instagram stuff. So I appreciate Derek Vidal. Check the show notes for all the ways that you can find him, work with him, listen to his podcast. But more importantly, if you want to get involved in real estate, we have a few options for you. Back again is one of our sponsors, Nationwide Business Capital Group. Go into the show notes or go to nicknicknick.com slash links under affiliates and there will be a link to email Marianne. If it's broken or you can't get in touch with her, just message me directly, nicknicknick.com slash links. You'll see all the ways to connect with me as well. So if you can't get a hold of her, just get a hold of me. But reach out to Marianne. Make sure you tell her the A-Game podcast sent you over there. If you have good credit, bad credit, if you're looking for bridge loans, if you're looking for hard money loans, for fix and flips, for rentals, if you want refinances, land development, multifamily, commercial deals, whatever it may be, whether you have good credit, whether you have bad credit, whether you have some money, whether you have no money, if you are looking for competitive rates, easy qualifications to get approved, and somebody that's not going to bog you down with if you have credit or, or you don't have any experience, this is the person for you. If you need somebody to help you get creative, Marianne is going to be able to help you with that. If you're already in a great spot and you just want competitive rates and terms, Marianne is also the person for that. So go on nicknick.com slash links, follow the links for the Nationwide Business Capital Group, email Marianne and tell her we sent you over. And if you want to get into real estate, reach out to me on any of those platforms as well. Whether you're a beginner, whether you're immediate, intermediate, whether you're advanced, whether you're looking for residential, you're looking for commercial, multifamily, uh, mobile home parks, land developments, we can start to work with you and help you get that process going. Even if you don't know where you want to start or what you want, let's have that conversation. Reach out to me, nicknick.com slash links, and we will get that going. You can also reach me at podcast at nicknick.com. Whether you want to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or you are looking to just JV or partner up on some level, let's make the time to do it. Also, if you want to check out our free calculator uh, for all the ways to bring value to your buyers, whether you're a real estate agent or real estate wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash bigger pockets, and you will be able to download that for free. Uh, more and more, the type of people we are working with is somebody who maybe has some experience, maybe you have a little bit of money and you're looking to scale up to a small or to a medium-sized multifamily commercial or mobile home park. That seems to be a lot of the people that are reaching out to me lately. So I'm going to make a point to get more of those and to contact people back. Um, again, I apologize. Still getting over the sinus surgery a little bit, so I still sound a little clogged and a little nasally. But hopefully you guys love this episode. I think Derek Vidal brings the heat. Definitely check him out. Check us out. Let's do some real estate. Let's grow your Instagram. Have a great day. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands, people that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game.
Destiny of the A-Game podcast is the host of the Social Bamboo podcast. He's an absolute marketing ninja. He's a social media sales coach. He was also one of Cutco's top salespersons. I was uh, I was part of Cutco too, so I like to bring that up. And he has uh, a couple YouTube channels. He's got his Barrett Vidal channel and obviously How to Crypto is another YouTube channel he's on. If you want more followers, more engagement, or want to learn the best ways to have engagement and find ways to make money using social media, this is the man for you. And this is the podcast episode you want to listen to. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the AGA podcast, Derek Vidal. What's up, Nick? That was an awesome intro, man. I appreciate you doing the homework beforehand. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's always the most stressful part because it's the only time that I'm really like reading from like a, like the script and I'm like, ah, like, you know, so, but thank God, like I was saying, we're not live, but dude, I've been, uh, I've been following you for a while. Um, I've obviously been learning from you on a lot of the stuff we're doing and, and the content you're putting out, obviously I'm going to give out your, your social media, but uh, even just this week alone, the stories and the content you're putting out, I, I really, I just want to thank you because it's helping me a lot learn what to do and what not to do. And I think having somebody like you out there right now is so huge because one of the biggest problems that you and I had spoke about was there's so much conflicting info and bad info. And I haven't found anywhere to really go to, to figure out like what's nonsense, what's not, what's working, what's not. And I've decided to just make you my Instagram guy and it's been awesome so far. So I really appreciate it. But for anybody who is not familiar with you yet, can you give just a quick 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, I've been uh, running the Social Bamboo podcast for about two and a half years now. Uh, before that, I uh, was running e-commerce business and uh, and um, just took a lot of the Instagram strategies from that and brought them over to my podcast. And that was really just an Instagram marketing focused podcast at the beginning. Now it's branched out a little bit more just because the social media landscape changes so much all the time that you can't really just only talk about one platform if you're doing it right. But at the beginning, it really was just like, it was cool to spend all your time on Instagram a few years ago and probably still be getting good results. Um, and then before that, like you mentioned, I sold Cutco for seven and a half years. So I wouldn't say I particularly understand hashtags and uh, all that stuff, you know, better than the average social media marketer. A lot of us are um, have a lot of the same answers on like, how many hashtags should you use and what time should you post? And all, a lot of that basic stuff, we have a lot of the same answers, but I really just try to bring my sales experience um, over to social media so that people can sell their offers in like a low pressure way um, online that actually works. I love that, man. And it's so funny when I heard you say Cutco because I hadn't heard it for so long, but I started out doing that as well. And I actually heard that the, the guy who plays Dexter used to sell Cutco. And I always oh, yeah. thought that was funny because he's always like whipping out these crazy knives. And it was like, how was your this foreshadowing over there. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting time with everything and all the different platforms going on. I feel like people are so quick to, well, you can't do this. You have to go to this next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And like anything else I find with entrepreneurs is they like to jump through a bunch of different things when it takes time to really put focus and energy into learning a specific tool. It's like, well, it's easier just to jump to the next hot thing. So I do appreciate that you I've heard you on a lot of different podcasts talking about all the different platforms. So you're educated on them, but you really know your craft as far as Instagram goes. So there's definitely things I want to jump into on that because that seems to be a, a great place and, and something that I've heard like, oh, you can't make money on Instagram anymore. You can't grow on Instagram, but you obviously can. So I want to dig into that because that's a huge question that people get. So, you know, one of the first things I, I definitely want to ask about is like, what was it about Instagram that made you decide that you wanted to focus specifically on that? Yeah. So originally, um, the e my uh, Instagram marketing experience was with my e-commerce brand, and uh, I started a essentially like a drop shipping company. I mean, we 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 did so much more. We did affiliate. We did um, uh, Amazon FBA. You know, every major sales channel we were focused on. Um, but the funny thing is, is this is an e-commerce niche that I started in a market that I wasn't like extremely passionate about, which was a little bit easier to do. Uh, three to five years ago, where it was more just find, you know, things that are not on Amazon that are doing a lot of sales elsewhere that you can, you know, go bring them to Amazon and, and sell them, right? So it was a little bit easier to just uh, buy products from China, slap a logo on them and throw them online. Um, you can still do that. It's just there's so many people doing it now that it's really cut margin. So it's, it's a lot easier to be an e-commerce brand that actually has like a new product and that, that really, you know, is quality no brainer. Right. But, uh, it was a lot easier to just like buy water bottles five <laughs> years ago and just like throw a logo on it and just be done. Like 
make millions, right? Um, so we started on Instagram because the niche that I was in, which is the aquar- aquariums, I actually wasn't like the most avid user on. So when we were kind of looking at like, should we go on you? Like it was like YouTube and Instagram was where our clients were hanging out. And YouTube is really hard to go on there without like being a true expert, right? If you're going to create long form content. So we were able to uh, just create uh, an Instagram page that we got to like 10K followers after probably about uh, six months of posting um, from just posting and got it over about 47,000 at the max, um, mostly from posting, um, but doing some paid ad strategies too. But it was really because, um, you know, one, our clients were there and then that's where, we could create content without needing to be just without creating long form video content, which was just a little bit more difficult for us. Um, th- that's kind of why we chose Instagram as a platform. Um, but I mean, it's just a, a platform that every business needs to be on really just because every everyone's on there and it, you should at the minimum exist, you know? Yeah, I think that that's a great answer. And more and more, you know, when especially when I do the podcast that I tell people like, hey, what links do you want me to give out? How do you, everybody just go to my Instagram, go to my Instagram, go to my Instagram it becomes more and more the thing there, you know? So there's, there's a lot of different parts of Instagram that I definitely want to dissect a little bit. One of them you already touched on hashtags. It's the never ending question, you know, Hey, how many hashtags when the post hashtags, am I shadow banned? Am I not shadow banned? And I know you cover a lot of this on your social media and in your, um, and, and uh, on your podcast, but it helped me a lot when you were looking over my social media and giving me tips on stuff. And a lot of the things that I've been getting compliments on lately for the clips that I'm picking and the way that I'm titling them and the content I'm picking always because of the stuff you were helping me with of like, Hey, you know, you really want to rank for this and have an answer this question. So um, all those things that I've implemented that you taught me have been working really well for engagement. So I appreciate it. But yeah. for people that are starting out or they're wondering like, Hey, what hashtag should I use? How do I find the best ones? What's your advice there on, on like even just researching for starting out for, for like a normal size account? Yeah. So with hashtag strategy, it actually hasn't changed a ton over the last like, you know, five years that basically most Instagram marketers have had a consensus on, which is like use 30 or use at least 25. Uh, there, there was a lot more conflicting information a few years ago, like people were like 27 or like use 11, like five, like there's numbers all over the place. And nowadays it's pretty consensus that you should use 30. Um, it's just, um, there's a couple of different rules with it. Like really with hashtags, you want to understand them because the psychology of how they work has not changed, but my strategy has changed. However, I, I want to equip you guys uh, with hashtags in a way that you don't have to go find whatever podcast I was on recently to get like an update about like how your strategy would change. Because if you just understand like how they work, it's, it's easier to adapt over time. So essentially, if you're not ranking on hashtags, there's two main reasons why. One, it's too competitive to rank on um, or two, like the content like didn't do well enough to rank on it, right? So if you're not ranking on hashtags, you should always just focus on, on two things, improving the content or using less competitive hashtags. So a lot of people like, you know, the, the number, like, so like how many total posts should I look for? And really what we are looking for are hashtags that have low total posts, like so lower competition, but have a lot of followers. The issue is that Instagram doesn't give out the information of which hashtags, how many people are following each hashtag, like TikTok does of how many views are happening on each hashtag. Um, which is bittersweet because it also makes everyone then use that one because they see all the views happening on it, right? Um, so it kind of makes it that if you can find some of the hashtags in your niche that are high, a lot of people follow it, but not a lot of people are posting on it, then that's the real answer of like what you're looking for. So as far as how to how to get that information, um, there's like one trick that I posted. I haven't done it in a minute. They're always changing stuff. So someone commented recently that it wasn't working for them, but I think there's still like Instagram tests so many things too. Like, every, like there's people in the United States who still can't post reels and it's been like out for over a year. Wow. Um, and, uh, so they really test features out, but basically what you do is you go into a post that has already been running for like over 24 hours or something. So the hashtags have already accumulated. You go to promote the post. You go through all of the steps as if you're almost going to promote it. Um, like you get to like step four, and then you go all the way back and you click save to draft. And then when you click on view insights, you can go down into the 
you know, where it shows you your hashtag impressions and it will show you which hashtags individually pulled in said impressions rather than hashtags pulled in, you know, 784, it will be like hashtag Instagram marketing 382. And it will show you which ones are you're actually working on. Um, another program I've used to, that will give you this data is iqhashtags.com, but that is a $20 a month for that app. And then Flick is another one that costs, but you get a seven day free trial. And the data that they'll give you is you can find the average amount of likes that happens on hashtags. That's the data that they have, which is mostly telling of how many people follow it. So you can basically go to Flick and then put in like, hashtag guidelines where you put in, I'm looking for posts that are less than a million. In the past, I've said less than 2 million, but Instagram has become so top heavy with its content where it's just like, if, if there's posts that are crushing it, we're just going to only show that to people. Like organic reach is really down and there's a number of factors that boil into this and um, we'll definitely deep dive on that. Um, but one of the main ones just being that they're, they're trying to keep users on the platform. How do you keep users on the platform? You show them the best content. How do you do that? You bury the bad stuff. So they just kind of like increase, like it used to be like good and great content trends. And now it's like just great. Like, so they really just tried it. They made it even more top heavy. So I usually don't use hashtags over 1 million total posts anymore. So like, there's the number that you, you guys have been waiting for me to say for 10 minutes. Um, but ultimately that's, you should understand it past that. It's not just about, well, it's under 1 million and it makes sense with my market. Well, are a lot of people following it? We, that's the part we don't know, but that's the, what you're testing to see, right? So as long as you're kind of understanding, if I'm not ranking on the hashtags, then you can ask yourself, did this post do really well? Like, was the, is it the content or not, right? And it's so hard to, to say that. And we should always say it can always be better, right? But if we're like, look, this post was good. Like, a lot of my followers liked it. I got a bunch of comments, which comments are becoming more and more important in the algorithm. I'm rarely seeing hashtags kick in unless there's comments on the post. Um, and to that, I'll say that you can ask a question to, you know, try to get more comments, but you have to ask a short form question that people are excited to answer is the psychology of getting a comment. It's really difficult to do. Most, a lot of times I try it and it doesn't really get the response that I want. But on Instagram, if they have to be like, let me think of an answer, like they're not gonna do it. Like the answer, they better know the answer immediately and they better be like, this is my, most of my favorite place in the world, Lake Tahoe. Like they're excited to give the answer. So easier said than done, but that's really like how to get comments is it's, they got to instantly know what they want their answer to be and like excited to let the world know it too, um, is how you get a lot, but that's how to really kick in the hashtags. But if you're not getting hashtags and you feel like, look, I got a lot of comments, um, and shares, comments and shares, just hold those at the top more than likes and saves. Um, but it's still got a general amount of good impressions from my audience. But when I go to the insights, it's not really spreading outside of my audience. Then you can know uh, you probably use hashtags that are a little bit too big for you to compete on. So use smaller ones uh, or those ones that have a lot of followers. And that's why like hashtags really is an ongoing process. Um, but understanding them is the only way you'll be able to adapt over time to, to your results. That was a great answer. Thank you for that. I feel like I, I covered everything to like yeah, understand. No, that was great. That, that was solid info cool. right there. Good, you could, I, I think that, well, first off, marketing for, I know there's people that want, like, I just want the answer, but it's it's not as easy as giving you a silver bullet. This is what always works. or this is what works now. You know, it's marketing. You have to test a little bit. You have to play around with it a little bit. So I, I think the word that you keep using understanding is so important of really, instead of just telling people, this is what you want, that could change. So when you really understand what's behind it and why it works a certain way, you can start to be able to control a little bit better. And, you know, the, so some of the things you're saying, you're probably playing in a pool with guys and girls that know what they're talking about more. I'm still getting people that are telling me five hashtags or this or that, and this is why you're getting shadow banned. So that was a, uh, another big thing that kept coming up with the hashtags was shadow banning. I know you put some things out to figure out if you are, or you have been shadow banned, which anytime somebody puts a crappy post out, they immediately go, it's because I was shadow banned. They never want to say, it's because I put crap out there. But the other thing about like reusing the same hashtags within 24 hours, I'm not sure like if that's still a thing that you should or should not be doing. 
Yeah, great question. Uh, so the reusing hashtags, I've heard, I've seen a lot of people come out and be like, look, here's, I use, I tried to put it to the test. I use the same hashtag group, which was uh, like, some guy was like, this is my best performing group. Like I've tested it. And like, these are my best 30 hashtags. I'm going to try to use my best ones for like my next two weeks of posts or something. And he saw amazing results with it. I really with this kind of stuff. And this was what a lot of like social media analysts try to do when we don't really have an answer that we can just like look up online, even though uh, Adam Mossery, the head of Instagram has come out multiple times and says, we don't shadow ban people. Um, the shadow ban is a term they made up, right? Like that was made up, but basically nine times out of 10, when someone actually is like shadow banned, it's because you used a banned hashtag. If you use one banned hashtag, your entire group of tags will not work. And if you've used a banned hashtag recently on a post, it still looks to have some kind of lingering effect on the future ones. Um, so banned hashtag, like for an example, you can go to hashtag desk. I don't know why it's banned. No one does. It's been banned for years. Um, but basically a lot of times this happens from, it's not set up manually from uh, the people at Instagram. If enough posts get reported as inappropriate and they are using a common hashtag, then automatically it happens. Um, so that's why there's a lot of hashtags out there that you would never think are banned that are banned. One that I was using, like it makes sense now, but I was using hashtag hustler because I was like, oh, it's for like entrepreneurs. And, and then I was like, oh, that, then someone's like, that's a magazine. I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> so like I was using hashtag hustler for so long and it was making all, none of my hashtags work. Um, and what you do is you just click on it. Like you just click on like, like the, the link essentially to the hashtag page. And it will say like, this has been removed for privacy issues or something like that. So you can manually check that way. Otherwise there's only one program I found like the iqhashtags.com one that I mentioned before. Um, it is part of their paid program for the base, but you can like just get it for one month and turn it off. But you can do a hashtag search if you've ever used a band hashtag and I had like a lot of the hustler ones were like from like two years back. Right. So I had to go back through and I was like, just going back through all the posts. I don't know how much it, it helps just like any, you know, one who doesn't actually work at Instagram doesn't know exactly, you know, how much it helps, but using a band hashtag is the most common reason that someone would have an awesome post that all of their followers like and engage on. And then the hashtags don't work. You would just go through that post and click on each individual one and see if any of them are banned and then just know, you know, not to use that one anymore. The only other reason that in your entire group of tags would just stop working um, when your content was actually good enough is if you were to use an unrelated hashtag and someone were to report it under that. So if you use like, uh, you know, hashtag uh, YouTube marketing on a post that I it was actually about like Instagram tips and then someone who follows YouTube marketing who's expecting to see that kind of info sees like, you know, th this Instagram tip, if they click don't show for this hashtag, it turns off the entire group. So usually a shadow ban is them thinking this is potentially inappropriate content. And we're at, just to not risk that we're not going to show it to anyone else outside of their following. So it makes sense from a business standpoint, right? Like this is what, that's, that's what I was going to say before is a lot of times social media analysts, we just ask, would that make sense from a business standpoint? Like, so would the CEO be like, Hey, if they use the same group of hashtags every time, ban them, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if that would be like a conversation that would be, would be happening unless they felt it was like a, um, a lot of their decisions are based around would a spam bot do this? And they try to set up rules to, this is likely a spam bot action to do. So that's kind of why people were thinking like, oh, they're, they're just copy pasting the same hashtags every time or like a bot could do that. So that's kind of what, what the thought process was. But what I will say on that is if you're using the same hashtags every single time, you're, you're not doing them correctly. So, so there's that to say about it. Um, you, because you don't want to use any unrelated hashtags, it's rare that an account posts something that is like, that should be the exact same hashtags every time, right? There's going to be like slightly varying content that everyone has. So if I'm doing like a general, more general business tip, then yeah, it's going to have more of the, 
entrepreneur motivation kind of style ones, right? Solopreneur, laptop lifestyle, stuff like that. <laughs> but if I'm doing, you know, Instagram marketing, I'm going to just Insta tips, Graham gang, you know, all of those kind of ones and try to find and, and make it match up. So it, that you're not going to do the same hashtags every time if you're doing them right. Sure. No, that's great info. And even just those two things were so eye-opening because when you and I had first talked and you told me that, it was like, well, my my go-to is, is first off going to be take these hashtags and just keep reusing them because that's my branding. Going and posting with the biggest, just four, five, six million, I'm going to go right on that. And my master plan is I'm also going to hashtag like Real Housewives of New Jersey to get like on my BJJ or like my real estate podcast because it's going to bring it. And all three of those things, you were like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, but, but this is why we needed Derek Vidal because <laughs> that all seems like if you don't know any better that, well, this is the, the right thing to do. And then to find out that it's like the complete opposite of what you should be doing is, is very important information. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a funny thing with entrepreneurs is that like, we we're people that are so sure of ourselves that we're acting on our own ideas to the point that we're going out and putting in significant effort, significant time, often with little pay. So obviously we <laughs> believe in our ideas so much that we can sometimes like, you know, make sense of stuff that, that isn't right, <laughs> but we like believe it. So I don't know if you have no, if without belief, then you're not going to take action anyways, but it's just kind of funny how we're like, yeah, that would make sense. And it, it doesn't always uh, end up being that way. But that's, that's the, you know, pro, social media, we'll talk about this is a little bit of a double-edged sword, but I feel like that's really a huge thing. Having connections with people that are experts in a field. If it was 10 years ago, I mean, by the time they printed out the Instagram magazine with the info, it's, it's already gone. So being able to connect with somebody who is like a ninja in their field and be able to have like somebody look at your stuff and say like, no, you're doing this wrong is, is such a huge time saver and money saver. I mean, because like you said, it took thought and energy and I thought I nailed it. And then to find out like you're so far off the mark and having somebody tell me that soon is, is really, really awesome, man. Like that's the beautiful part of having people on social media and the connection that we're able to share today as long as you're willing to look and ask for help, you know? Yeah. It really changes up so much that it, even like I, I have a course for like on Instagram and I try to keep it with as much of the explaining how things works rather than just tell you how to do it. So like if it changes, you know, I don't have to like go update the course every single time anything changes, like here's how to adapt. Here's what you would check if this would change and stuff like that. But there's already like another thing like that just came up over the last couple of weeks that I've been testing where uh, like, like just to make a specific example, and it's probably useful to anyone out there is like for long captions, um, when you get to the end of like reading a long caption, they are already like looking at the next post, right? So like they can't visit your profile and follow you. Like a profile visit has to precede the follow, right? So when people would do long captions before, I'd say, make sure you tag your account at the end so that now they have an option to go visit your profile rather than to go to the next post. And I've been testing it and I've have had a few other followers testing it too, is that it seems like your hashtags are also, I, I wouldn't say not going to work, but don't work nearly as well if you tag your own account in your caption now, huh. just because I think people abused it with, you can think of some of the accounts that were like, follow us, follow us, follow us, follow us. And they write it like eight times, <laughs> right? Just to like get you to click somehow. So like stuff like that, where it's just like, it's changing all the time, um, that it really does make it hard, uh, to just get information. Like you wouldn't want to go on YouTube and find a, how to grow on Instagram two years ago and watch it. You know, it's, it's changing quick enough. Yeah. And I think that that's why it's so huge. I was actually just talking to my partner, um, before we jumped on and I was telling her like a lot of the stuff that I was hearing you talk about on your podcast and as a guest at other ones. And I was like, man, he's, He's really got a great niche because you're you're the kind of guest that like I could have you on every month and it's fresh new stuff that's changing. Like it's it's an evolving thing. So it's a great niche for for having a podcast for being an expert in. Um, and again, the stuff that you have been helping me with has been huge. And I, I did take your course. So um, you talked about it, but talk a little bit about what you do offer for people that do want some assistance or some help or some insight through you on how to, to maximize their Instagrams. Yeah, I've really, um, my business has been more niched down around just like the specific strategy, even more so than Instagram marketing recently too, just because uh, 
like just to throw some stats out of why people might not find Instagram marketing to be the most productive anymore. And I've kind of realized this today, like for, for years when people are like, I can't grow on Instagram. I'm like, well, it's your fault. Like, like that's the first step, right? Accept that it's your fault. And now let's move from there. Like stop blaming the algorithm. But there is a point where it's like, where you look at the data and it's like, okay, this is affecting everyone. And when something affects everyone, I also am like, let's not complain about it. But, but there's a, you know, something about just being realistic with every situation. So there's three major things. The first one is that Instagram's average or uh, engagement from like across all accounts over the last year here is, is down 25%. Uh, so there's some people that are on the top of like that still remain on the top of their followers feeds and their engagement has probably gone up just because they're that they're that great content there that is still just trending and doing great. Um, but a lot of people who are like putting out B plus content even are getting pushed down a little bit because of it. Right. So overall, the average engagement is down and Facebook ad revenue uh, of 2020 was it was 13 billion something. I don't know the exact stat, but it was like 13 point something billion in 2020. And in 2021, it's already over 18 billion and we're halfway through the year. Yeah. So that's a combination of more advertisers because it's an auction bidding system. The more people there are competing for a certain amount of tension, it just raises the price and raises the price. And so it's that, and then them just allowing more ad space, which is why the organic reach is down. There's just more ad spots. And as soon as they add ad spots into reels too, then it's really going to get, uh, the, the reels engagement will go down a lot, right? Like your viral potential of reels will go down a ton as soon as ad space gets added to reels, but they're just taking a while for, for that to come into the mix. A lot of the reason why is because creating a real advertisement that blends in with reels is extremely difficult. I think it will be more obvious to people that they're being marketed to <laughs> and Instagram doesn't love that. You know, it's like when you see a TikTok ad, like, unless it's like buy this thing for your room, like this cool tapestry for your room, like, and they're marketing to like TikTok's audience. Like when I've tried to make an ad for like, you know, coaching on Instagram, it's just like, they're like, I'm, I'm here for entertainment. You know, it's difficult to get that across. Um, so that's the other, the second stat is just like their ad revenue is already $5 billion ahead of 2020, halfway through 2021. Like they're just aggressively making money from a number of, you know, allowing ad, more ad space and just more advertisers in general. And then the third one being, um, it, which is very similar to two is the average CPM, which is the cost to show your ad to a, a thousand impressions was in June of 2020 was $9. And then of June of 2021 is uh, $15 and 68 cents. So it's like up 60% of how much it costs to show your ad to a thousand people. And that's just a stat across uh, all industries um, together. So, I, I mean, right there, there's enough people that aren't so profitable with Facebook ads in the past. Maybe they're getting like a two to three X ROI that that 60% increase to show your ad to a thousand people does put a lot of them at break even or even at a loss that they can't do it anymore. Right. So on one end, you know, advertising is more expensive. And then on the other end, organic reaches down. So it's like, how do you still compete? So, oh, the, the other thing, this was actually more the third stat is the iOS update, right? Oh yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. That's so great. basically, uh, you know, and who knew how many people were going to say, don't allow the app to track, but this, the stat was 96%, uh, according to a, a survey done in May, I don't think it would have changed too much since then, but it was like 96% of people in the United States and 88% globally were saying, ask the app not to track. Uh, which in a nutshell, we'll just kind of say it makes your pixel basically not work. It, it can still track some things on them. But I had someone on my pad podcast last week who does uh, well in the seven figures in e-commerce sales, and he's been in the game for a long time. And he says about a third of their purchases aren't being tracked anymore. And what that means from a Facebook ad perspective is like, usually if you're running an ad on someone and then they buy you, like you have the ad turn off um, or at least momentarily, 
uh, for a certain period of time before remarketing to them, unless you're going to market a different product, but you know, you turn off the, the ad on the, the offer that they already bought. Um, but you know, that doesn't turn off when it's not tracked. So there's extra marketing, uh, money spent on, on nothing really, or money that they didn't want to spend. The other thing is like when they go over to your website and start doing some activity, like the frequency of which the ads are shown to them usually increase or they're shown different retargeting ads because, oh, they've already added to cart. So stop showing them the cold ad and show them this. And a lot of that gets lost. And a lot of that has been the reason why Facebook advertising has been so extremely profitable for years. So it's more, it still is a great way to run ads, but it's very hard for a beginner to come in and, and do it because you need to have a great offer. So like, like your product has to be awesome, but like your pricing structure and like the deal has to be great. Like there has to be urgency created. You have to create an emotional uh, buying component for them to leave social media and just buy right there. That it's great marketing is about the only stuff that is still profitable with the extra expenses. Um, so kind of one of the things that I teach, because I have a lot of people that listen to my podcast that are new business owners, that they know they need to run ads, but they also don't have a big budget. And they're not looking to just throw money at nothing uh, to, to just get no results from it. I mean, no one ever is. But the truth is with like, when you're selling a product, uh, when you're trying to sell a product directly from an ad, you're likely going to have to spend a lot of money before you figure out which of your ad angles is the correct one. Uh, which offer you need to have on your website, which upsells in which order you need to have, uh, what, who you're targeting. Like there's so much stuff that you have to split test that usually takes thousands of dollars before like you have a well-oiled machine. Like, especially if you're selling anything that's under a hundred dollars, it's probably going to be a while that before it's profitable, it's going to be a lot of ad spend. And even then it's, it's just a guess. So like pro marketers, like they're okay with it because they know like I'm good enough that I'll, I'll eventually get there, but it's really hard unless you're like really good at copywriting as well as every other part of it to come out of the gate um, and spend less than a thousand dollars and it'd be worth it to you. Um, because when people run ads for a product, they either buy it or they don't. They usually don't say, you know, ah, I don't want to buy it, but I'll follow you. <laughs> so um, basically this is the way that I recommend anyone new run ads or anyone that's even intermediate that isn't getting great results from their ads um, and wants to also grow their following from ads. Um, this is the way that I like to do it. Um, so rather than getting them to try to buy something right off the ad where they're going to have to go through multiple steps before a purchase is even done. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to track those extra steps anymore. Um, I just try to get an email from the ad. And a lot of people have been doing this for a long time. They do things like ebooks or uh, challenges, guides, such like that. And um, they're a little bit overdone, maybe like it's still a free thing. So people will take it. But to get someone to like download your seven things that you don't want to do in this industry and like read the whole thing and then like click your call to action at the end and like actually turn into a paying customer usually is a really long process. And a lot of times those free resources don't always attract like someone interested in your offer. They're just more like the general market, right? And it's just a long sales process. So what I like to do, like if I was in e-commerce um, and we'll like go off the example, uh, like let's say I have an e-commerce store that sells products to content creators. So like ring lights and stand, like mic stands and, and all that stuff. Uh, I use this example a lot because I'm always like, what should I do? Um, <laughs> oh, I guess this in front of me. So like you just have this e-commerce store just selling a bunch of stuff to content creators. So to track that audience, I would compile a giveaway of the, the actual stuff that I sell. Like not just like an Amazon gift card or a laptop or something that a more general audience would want. I'm just going to give away the exact stuff that we sell and make a cool little package that's going to attract people interested in our offer, not just our general market. Like they want these products too. Um, and the only way to do that and just get the email for free is a giveaway for those products, right? So um, the cool thing about this too, is you don't have to come up with any marketing angle. You just say like, hey, content creators, we're celebrating our one year anniversary, something along those lines by giving away 300 bucks worth of uh, video creation equipment. This is everything you need to start your own YouTube channel. Um, enter the link below um, 
and you're, you're in, right? So we don't, we don't do a bunch of extra like tag three friends, follow everyone we're following because that that's not ad compliant actually. Um, and also no one wants to do it. Like when, when it's tag three friends, it's like tag the three friends who won't kill you for tagging them. It's not like tag, tag three qualified people. Like they just tag like, oh, it's my best friend and my mom and my dad. They'll be like, what is this? And I'll just say, just ignore it. Um, but it's like rarely, like it really does anything for people anymore. So um, we just get the, the email from that. And then on the next step, we say, all right, you've got your one entry. Um, to gain additional entries, you can follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube, review our podcast, uh, follow on Twitter, follow on TikTok, comment on this YouTube video, like literally anything your business needs, uh, like fill out the survey because you need more info on what to sell people. Um, like whatever your business needs, I just pick, you know, a good chunk of those. And then I have an additional entries page. And uh, probably about a third of people who enter the email will do a minimum of one entry step and plenty of them do all of them, right? Um, but one of them is always share this giveaway with a friend to gain extra entries. So now like they're gonna share this with any friend that is interested. And if the friend enters, they have to enter, then they'll get uh, extra entries as well. So it creates like an organic share factor to it so that I can get even more bang for my buck from the ads. Um, so like just to like one of the results that I got, it was like, oh, dang, it's been a while since I talked about this one. Um, I hate to say numbers without being totally accurate, but uh -huh. I'll give a very, I know I'm within a couple hundred here. It was about 4,200 entries that we got um, or from the ads. And then we had an additional 800 entries from them sharing it with friends. So oh, wow. we only had to pay for 4,200 of the email opt-ins and then 800 just happened organically with them sharing it with friends. Um, and the only people who are entering are people who at least want that offer, the exact offer we're about to try to sell them for free. So, you know, the, plenty of them are freebie seekers, of course, that just enter giveaways and, and they might even unfollow you as soon as the giveaway is over. Usually it's about like 5% of people that we see fall out, but it still is like whatever, 95% of them are still there and are interested in the offer at enough to give their email away for it. Right. And, um, of those people, there's always some of them that would, would just buy it, right? If they got a good enough deal. So basically during the time that they entered the giveaway, but before it's over, um, I just send out some emails about the product, right? I just get them familiar with the company, the store. If you're a coach, then you'd get them familiar with you. Um, and this really works for any kind of B2C business. It doesn't work for B2B like myself. I wish I could run it on my own business. So it'd be so much better if I could just do it in my own business but it's a little bit harder to give away coaching to cold traffic. Um, you know, maybe I just need to do it anyways and just figure it out, but I've tried it in a few different ways and it hasn't, it doesn't work nearly as much as like, do you want to win this product, you know, versus do you want to win coaching from me and you don't know who I am. It doesn't work <laughs> as well. Um, but it works plenty great for any kind of B2C offer, even, uh, coaches who are like B2C. Like I have a student that sells, uh, Pilates, courses or courses, coaching, like various Pilates things. Um, she can just give away Pilates gear, right? So it, it doesn't, it's not exactly her ideal audience. In that case, we're kind of running it for a more of a general market of anyone interested in Pilates, but we do our best to try to find products that would be in line with the, the person who would buy your offers, right? Like if they're advanced, then give away advanced equipment. If they're more beginners that would buy the offer, give away equipment that would just find the audience that would be reflective of who you're gonna to try to sell the offer to. They enter, you get the additional entries. So now you have all these quality clients, on, you know, ideally on all of your social media. Um, I just had uh, someone who's an artist go through this course and she's brand new, just started her business like in the last few months here. And um, she ran a giveaway for her art, her art exactly, right? And she got like 1300 emails from it and then about 600 Instagram followers, 100 Pinterest, 300 Facebook page likes. Um, and I can't remember what other platform she's on, but like one other platform. So it's just kind of like she added like a couple hundred of like quality targeted customers to her to all of her social media without posting. Um, and that's like the main thing, because creating enough content to gain even 100 followers on Pinterest is, is usually quite a bit of posts, right? And then yeah, yeah. 300 Facebook page likes, that's usually quite a bit uh, of, 
posts, like 500 posts <laughs> to get 300 Facebook page likes probably. So it just gives them an, an easier way to earn a follow nowadays than having to earn that follow through content marketing alone. Um, so even like just right there is usually totally worth people's money to just spend money on acquiring targeted customers. Um, but what we do after is when we announce the giveaway, we say, uh, out of the 3,000 of you who entered, here's the one person who won. For the 2,999 of you who are really hoping to win today but didn't, um, as a consolation prize, you can get 30% off our whole store or, or whatever deal you want to run, right? Just whatever offer is going to match up with the giveaway prize because we know it's a very, very targeted list and just usually run a few day sale. And that usually goes really well. And oftentimes it recoups all of the ad budget. Um, but I have students who will be like, they're like artists, for example, that they don't know if the world really wants to buy their art, right? Like, even if it's great, maybe it's not the type of art that like Ikea would sell to the masses, right? It's not something that you would put on a print that like everyone in the world wants, right? It's like more like, oh, you, you can find like that one person who would buy your original, uh, but it's totally a different game for artists to get into the print space because now you have to make prints that like uh, the general market more wants, right? Um, so they need to test it. And I've had an artist go through it that uh, he really didn't sell much at the end at all. Like he gained, I think he got like 1700 followers and then he only sold like 200 bucks worth of his art. But it really showed that, you know, of the 1700 entries, if like you really couldn't sell much of it, uh, he basically, he changed all of his prints and he's running this thing again. He's doing much better now because, you know, he had to pull a lot of products. So if it doesn't work, you get a lot of followers, emails, and you know that you need to change your offer. If it does work, then you get followers, emails, and then your offer sells really well. So I, I've had someone in the duck hunting space that um, gained... <laughs> 7,000 followers and then did $58,000 in sales of just duck hunting packages of just book your duck hunting trip. Cause he gave away a three-day duck hunting trip and said, you, you won for everyone else. You get 20% off if you book your duck hunting trip in the next week. And he did 58 grand in that week. So um, I, I've seen the results all over the place, but the main thing is that even if you have like less than a thousand dollar ad budget and you screw everything up, you, you probably won't get sales, but you'll still get followers from it. So it's just a little bit more forgiving than, than most kind of ad campaigns. Man, there's so many dogs to take for walks from all the things you just said. Uh, a few of them, um, one of them being the, the giveaways. So I just did my, my first giveaway and actually I have to announce the winner today. But are you using anything to track that, to figure out like if somebody says, I emailed you, I referred a friend, like, cause the way I did, I was actually thinking you right before this, cause it took me like three hours to like go on Instagram and then match the email and then figure out like who's the double entries and all that stuff. Is there tools or apps or things that help gauge those almost like a click funnel? Yeah. So for the opt-in, uh, I, I do use click funnels for my opt-in pages just because they always look great and they like are responsive. And every time I try to do it on WordPress, it just takes an entire day. Uh, like I, I don't like most opt-in creators, even a lot of them on Shopify, I don't like, but really like the email opt-in page can just be wherever you make email opt-ins the best. Um, with the additional entries page, I've tried tons of different programs. Um, like, uh, AppSumo, I think makes one and, uh, up viral makes one, uh, th there's multiple programs. Um, but the one I like is called rewards fuel. Um, and that does the tracking of the share link. And if they click on your page and follow the thing that it doesn't do, which none of them could do is like, it will be like, click here to follow us on Instagram and gain one point. If they click it and it brings you over to their Instagram and then they don't follow you, like they'll still get a point because uh, there's no way to like sync it. But that's when like most people do it, <laughs> right? Like they're not gonna be like, oh, cool. Like I'll just get all the points. But I always check <laughs> like the winner to make sure that all of their entries actually, you know, they did do. Smart. That's awesome. The other thing you were talking about with the ads is I think the, when that whole thing first came out, I think you were actually the first person I, I, I saw that article and I sent it right over to you. And I was like, well, what's going on? Like 4% opt-in. But I don't think that they were making it as clear when they were talking about that iOS update that, that I think people thought what the option was going to be was I can opt in or opt out. And that's not what it is. It's you can opt in that they can track you or you can opt out and then they can just send you whatever they want. And 
like I saw your post on it and I thought it was so smart because you were like, you guys are literally like cannibalizing your own industry if you're not supporting the opt-in here. And I opted out just not even thinking. I think I was being like bitter about it. And I was like, I'm not going to. And most people will. Yeah, yeah. Dude, my whole, I was watching something on Hulu yesterday and every ad I was getting was about menopause. And I was like, this is what happens now. Because I know, that's a, yeah, well, they're not going to fast forward through them. So I don't want see them. ads. They're just not going to be relevant anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible because I was like, what's changed? And I was like, oh, I know what sh- I changed the algorithm. And now I'm sitting for three minutes every five minutes looking through crap that I don't want to see or hear. So, like, it really does. I- I'm hoping that that's going to click and people will actually start to opt back in. But I did hear you say that it might be slightly different if you're doing something like trying to get an email versus directing directing them directly towards a sale. Is that changing anything? Like as far as the way that they're, they're tracking or banning the ways you can advertise? Yeah. So basically you can, uh, you can track eight events now, um, in total. So you can, you can change these events up as well. I need to mess with it a little bit more. I've run a couple ad campaigns, but I also ran into a couple like questions where I'm like, I was trying to get around stuff, but I, I didn't fully, uh, figure it out to be honest. So I, I, you know, it probably would be good to ask me in two weeks as so I'll come <laughs> back on. Um, <laughs> but this is how I understand it right now. And um, I'm pretty sure it's accurate, but I'll surely let you know if not, maybe you can mention in a future episode or something if it's changed, but you can track eight different events and you can set what those are. It looks like they just are main events. So like you can track and add to cart a purchase um, and such like that, but you can't create a custom conversion uh, or you can't run a conversions campaign towards a custom conversion anymore. This is this we're getting into like you either understand Facebook ad technicals or this is going to be really hard to explain just like <laughs> audio wise, honestly. Um, but basically what I'll say is just like it tracks less than normal. So like if someone was already part of an audience that you had before, for instance, they visited your website and you had tracked that, and then now they opted out, um, they will be removed from that former audience, even if though you had tracked them before, when before they had asked, before they had not told the app, the app not to track them, it will take oh. them out. So it even goes back on data wow. you used to have. Um, so that's why it is like, uh, it actually is affecting marketers a lot. Um, but, you know, basically like, uh, my more positive response to stuff like this, apart from realizing like, yeah, it is a problem. So it does make you think, well, should we go to Snapchat ads now? Like potentially, right? I've had some, um, the the e-commerce guy I mentioned recently on, as well as another uh, big e-commerce dog on uh, a month or so ago. And they're both using Snapchat ads as like their cold ads. Like they're they're using all of them, but they're really hammering in on Snapchat ads just because they're getting such cheap impressions. Uh, and that's the thing in entrepreneurship is what, what I'm saying right now, Snapchat ads, I might be like one of the first p- pers- people to tell you this, right? Maybe under five people. And usually uh, people need to hear like about something like a hundred times before they do it. By the time you've heard of Facebook ads, Facebook ads, do Facebook ads, do Facebook ads. And it's been like a hundred times now, like all of them work on bidding systems. And that means that the more advertisers there are, the, the higher the price will be. So acting on Snapchat ads now, even though you like, you probably haven't heard of it much. And the more, the, the main thing is there's not as much of a pr- proven blueprint to follow. This is where you can find opportunities for cheaper impressions. By the time it would become, I've run Snapchat ads and I did seven figures last year and you need to buy my Snapchat ads <laughs> course. Once it gets to that level, that means that we've been running Snapchat ads successfully for years. Now we created a Snapchat course on it. Now we created the marketing on it. Now we finally are getting sales. Now you finally heard about it. And we also have a ton of other students. Like, so it's just usually the time that people act on things is a little bit too late because uh, you need to be a little bit more curious about things that you're hearing about for the first time. Like, I mean, you could say this about like Bitcoin too. Like most people bought it like the 187th time someone told them to buy it and then they <laughs> bought at 60,000, right? They're like, fine. And then they, they bought at the top, right? So it's like, you want to, that, that's a hard thing. You're making a decision about something that is unproven, right? But I mean, if you hear a few, like two top e-commerce people, both using Snapchat ads, 
one of them saying they're getting about six cent clicks, then it tells you like there's an opportunity there that you can, you're going to have to go pave your own way more so. Um, but that's where the opportunities are as a, a lot of these situations where it hasn't played out to be taught to the masses yet. No, I think that that's great. It's just like real estate, man. It's the same thing. I always tell everybody, the second you hear the Vegas is the place to buy, you're already missed out. You know, yeah. it's on CNN. It's too late, man. You got to, you got to carve that out a little bit, you know, and I, I know you, um, I definitely want to talk about your podcast too. And I, I don't run out of time here. I had one more uh, Instagram question for you because of what you just said, you reminded me of like really paving the way and using the tools. And I know you're big on like the opportunity. The last time we talked was about reels and it was almost like, it's almost not even worth making like a normal post. And so where are we right now in that Instagram, as far as the opportunities that's worth it? Because for, from what I understood last time, I could definitely be wrong, but if you were making a post or a story, only people that were following you were going to see it versus on reels because it was new. It was actually going out there that you could get new engagement there. I don't know if that's still the case, but where do you see now as far as like how to use their, their platform the best? Yeah. So it's the story and IGTV that are, you should pretty much just consider this as going to my followers. Um, the IGTV doesn't have like a, a section on the hashtags page. Uh, and this is just something that you go check, right? So if you want to see how much favor, favor they're putting into reels versus other posts, you, you can go like on a hashtags page. And right now there's actually only one spot for reels on a hashtags page, but it is the first one. Um, but it also means like, all right, if I'm going to be ranking on a hash, hashtag in reels, I, I have to be the number one on that post. So what does that mean? Because you guys all understand hashtags now from <laughs> earlier in the episode, that means you should use much smaller ones because you have to, you can, you only get one chance. Like you have to be the number one on that one. Right. So I might use like under 750 K or 500 K to give myself a better chance to, to consistently rank there. Um, but yeah, so reels and regular posts are, are definitely still more based around hashtags and explore page. Like you're, you're posting with the effort of if someone who didn't know me found this, would it give me a chance for them to follow me? But that's why like your story can be like, you know, I got a new dog and, and stuff like that. And like, these are people who already know you. So like they do, they do like you enough. Like it's fine to post like just what's going on in your life, even if it's off brand um, on your story. Um, IGTV, not as much because people are still maybe going to consult that uh, on whether they follow you or not. Um, cause it's in your feed, even though you can move it off. Um, but as far as reels versus regular posts, now it seems like it's more 50, 50, like just post it, whichever one is more appropriate. Um, like if it should be, if it's more funny content, music-based content, it would be, it would look good nine by 16 on the screen, then you should post it as a reel. Um, but it looks like if it makes, you should ultimately make the decision off of what it makes sense for the most. Um, because like you can, you can probably do teaching topics a little bit easier or more serious things on regular posts, just because of what it's next to. Okay. Like if you're like, if you just kind of imagine on reels, you could go on there right now. Like the first one, it's probably like someone lip syncing something, right? Yeah, like yeah. Lip syncing something to music, dancing. And then the next one, like something hilarious, you know? And then if it's you teaching something serious, like that's okay as long as it, like that's why it's good to like throw some music on it or make sure you start on a very fast paced note. Um, like it, you wouldn't want to take like a, a one minute clip from a podcast that was very slow talking and put it on reels but you could do that on a regular post a lot easier, but you could clip down uh, a minute of a podcast and clip it down so that we're talking really fast and anything that's redundant is taken out and where it's like 25 seconds and then throw a song in the background and then like with the title on there and then make it more for real. So ultimately it's just going to depend on what you made it for. Um, but, but you're like before, like two or three months ago, it was like such a spread of reels i mean really since they came out like pretty much anyone too if you haven't posted your first reel you're probably going to get a few thousand views on it just because they're going to give it to you um if you haven't posted your first one yet um but um it, it's a little bit more evened out to the point i'd say just post it wherever it's appropriate um but it used to be more like just don't even, like i would only make reels i would still make like it would still be appropriate content but it was just such uh weighted in reels favor that i just focus on those Great info, man. And uh, moving on to that, I know uh, we run out of time. I appreciate all the insight you're giving us, but the Social Bamboo Podcast, your podcast is 
is huge. You get a, I'm obviously great content and stuff, but um, talk about your podcast, how people find you, how people will work with you, give all the ways to contact and work with and hear from Derek Vidal. Yeah. So uh, Social Bamboo Podcast is probably where I put the most effort into my content. And uh, you're going to get a lot better info hearing me talk it out and explain how things work uh, than just from my short Instagram posts. Uh, but I definitely, any kind of updates that I just immediately want to let you know is, is going to be like on my Instagram, especially on my Instagram story. So just Derek Vidal, uh, my name on Instagram is where I am there. And um, then Social Bamboo Podcast, you should be able to find it on on any platform. Yeah, and obviously I'm going to put in the show notes to this all the ways to connect with you and contact with you. Um, and how do how do they work with you if they want to learn and to have you walk them through how to market on Instagram or on social media platforms and just in general? Yeah, that uh, that giveaway process that I explained before, uh, as I ex- I've ex- been explaining it for years now, so I've refined it down to like how to best explain it in a few minutes. Um, the only people I've really seen do extremely well with it are people who like work with me every step of the way. And it's not something that works for every industry, but, um, I'm willing to just do a free call with anyone just to see if I could even apply it with you. But if you want to know, if you don't want to have any sources of error of like what program to use here and what the technical should be and what can you say in the ad and what should your giveaway content look like? What should the emails be? There's a lot to it to actually like, you know, for it to be a working strategy. Um, I just have a program where I'll give you the link, but you can just book a free call with me and I'll look over your business and I'll look over your goals and and such. And if I see like it it would be a good fit, then I can just build this entire thing with you um, over the course of about a month or two um, and we'll knock everything out together. Um, So that's how my program to actually help people with it. but uh, yeah, that would just be a free call. If, no obligations if you want to just chat with me about it. That's awesome. But again, any interaction you have given me has been very eye-opening and huge. And I think, you know, it's probably a lot like anything else is you initially go, well, I just want to know what hashtags to use and how often to post. And then you realize that every one of those could be an entire day discussion that's like over ever evolving. Like there's so many just layers to it, like everything else. So um, I, I get a lot out of it. I learn something every time I hear you talk, every time I listen to you on a podcast or on your own podcast or the stuff you're posting on your own social media. I think it's it's always relevant. It's always helpful. And it's always well done and entertaining, which to me is very important. So I like that you keep your personality into it. You don't keep it too dry. So uh, obviously I will put the notes for all the ways to follow you and work with you. Ever wanted to play the drums or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. I like to call it the victory lap. Do you have a favorite book that you like? Yeah. Um, my favorite book of all times is the four agreements. Um, like even for, for business, just kind of keeping my mental game, like, you know, where it needs to be. Um, apart from that, like favorite book recently, um, I'm reading, I'm, I'm about like halfway through right now of breakthrough advertising. Uh, have you heard of that book? I've not. So it's, it might be the most expensive marketing book. Um, like if you go on Amazon, it's like 400 bucks. What? Um, yeah. And it's like a small book. It's like a hundred pages or maybe a little bit more. I haven't finished yet. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I found a copy for like a hundred bucks and I got it. And yeah, the first chapter is like amazing. Like, do you know, uh, like how to win friends and influence people, how it's been like the ultimate rapport book and it's been around since like the 40s or something like yeah. this is that for marketing it's like since the 1940s 60s or something like that wow. it's super old 
Um, and, but it's just so it's like copywriting. It's just like how to write beautiful copywriting. And it's still so relevant today. And honestly, that's probably the highest paying skill that you can have because ultimately in a business, like you can be an awesome graphic designer, video editor, you can be great on camera. Even you can have amazing content. Um, but like without that piece of how can I translate my marketing message in a clear way that inspires emotion and, and converts quickly um, is ultimately what separates most online businesses nowadays because there are some phenomenal coaches out there that we'll never hear about just because they don't, they're like, I'm so good at coaching, but they're not like, they, they don't like the sales and it's kind of that they don't want to embrace it. It's, uh, the big difference of just online businesses making it or not a lot of times isn't the quality of their offer and product. It's just how well they sell it. So breakthrough advertising. Yeah. That, that'd be my favorite marketing book. I'd say. Nice man. I want to check that out. Um, do you have a, a favorite quote? Yeah. So I, be, it's funny. Cause I just said this yesterday, like be the change you wish to see in the world is like a quote that I live by. Uh, my favorite uh, quote from a for a stra strategy perspective is the Tony Robbins one, where it's where there is rapport, whoever is most certain will always influence the other person. And I, being in sales for a long time, you kind of realize where there's gray space, you just have to be extremely certain. Um, so I, I've liked that one from a tactical perspective. I like both of those. And uh, if you met a young Derek Vidal today, what advice, knowing what you know now in life and business, would you give yourself? Yes, it's funny. Someone asked me this recently, and like, there are so many failures that I guess, like, you know, like all of them. I I don't mind making failures, right? Like most entrepreneurs don't. Like I don't mind like. Um, coming out with inventions that don't work and coming out with products and offers and marketing angles. And part of that is because like, as someone who also teaches business, like all of those stories are still going to be used in some way, uh, all of those failure stories. So it would be hard for me to go back to that Derek and say, like, don't do this. It's not going to work or don't do this. It's not going to work because it still was such a learning experience. Um, so like what I arrived at my answer for someone who asked me this like a few months ago was, uh, I wish I didn't spend as much time, um, grieving failed relationships that just kept me from like working on my business and stuff like that. And then like a couple of years later, you don't even, you know, care that your relationship didn't work out. So I think I, I let my like girls get in the way too much of me working really hard when like in hindsight, it's like, oh, I, those six months, if I was working my ass off, like I was the six months after that would have really helped me catch up. And it really was completely pointless. So that's, I think the only time that I look at totally wasted was just being upset about people. I didn't need to be upset about. It's great advice. I think for, for everybody in general, I think that's great advice, man. So I appreciate that. You've been awesome um, during the podcast, before the podcast, all of it. Um, you know, obviously your courses, your content, I'm getting a lot out of everything you do. Um, your YouTube channel is excellent. I'll give you a chance to plug that as well, but any final thoughts before I let you go? You're the man, Nick. This was an awesome interview. Thank you so much for coming so prepared and having such great things to say. Um, so uh, stuff like that always keeps me going and keeps me inspired. Um, but yeah, just uh, check me out on Instagram. Shoot me a DM if you uh, want to book a free call and just have me look at your business. I'd be happy to do that. No obligations. Awesome, man. And again, I vouch for it. You've been great. So anybody that's uh, kicking things around on any of that stuff, I highly recommend using him and his services. His brain has been amazing for me, for my business, and couldn't say enough good things. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for putting up with my crappy sinuses and, and all the rescheduling and all that, man. I really appreciate it. Have a very great day. You bring your A-game to everything you do. Thank you very much, Derek Vidal. Thank you, Nick. Take it easy, man. Good.